Welcome back to Marvel Month here at It Was a Thing on TV. I am the Jeffrey Wright of this guide through this journey of obscure TV, Johnny C. This is It Was a Thing on TV, and I am much more handsome than Jeffrey Wright. But he's still a pretty damn good Commissioner Gordon. But in the year 2003, NBC was looking for a new political drama to supplement the West Wing on their political lineup. So who better than the future host of the 10 p.m. time slot on MSNBC to create a new political drama about the United States senator from California? And who did the people at the Peacock Network get for the lead? The future Thanos, Nathan Summers himself, Josh Brolin, which at this point in 2003 would have been like somewhere between Hollow Man and no country for old men in this timeline. Hey, do you remember the movie Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon? That was a pretty insane movie. Did you know there's a straight-to-DVD sequel to that? With Christian Slater? No, seriously. I'm not making that up. Just type in Hollow Man 2 on Wikipedia, and it's there. It's real. But, like Thanos himself said, reality is often disappointing. So let's join Mike, Chico, and Greg as they review Mr. Brand Walsh from The Goonies Goes to Washington. That's not what that show is actually called. But in my mind, that's what I wish it was called. And hey, did you ever play that video game, The Goonies 2? Good lord, that was hard. And really kind of scary in those cave scenes. Anyways, this was It Was a Thing on TV. Episode 261, Submission 695. Mr. Sterling! Mr. Sterling aired on NBC from January 10th to March 14th, 2003 for 10 episodes. Still in Marvel Month, guys, and now we went from corporate America to Washington. Write your own jokes, folks, because now we're about to tell the story of a latter-day Mr. Smith goes to Washington, in which you have the story of this ideologue who is willing to learn the game, but not willing to compromise his beliefs. Oh, you're not talking about Mr. Smith, the orangutan. Okay. No, that's another Mr. Smith. Well, he did go to Washington, though. He did go to Washington with Leonard Fry and Bobo. And once again, Paramount Plus, we beg you, 
Please put Mr. Smith on Paramount Plus. Please. 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 So, what was this show about? Well, we should start by asking the question, who is Mr. Sterling? Well, Mr. Sterling is Bill Sterling, a senator from California who is apparently the scandal-free son of a former governor of California and an independent, a political independent. Yeah, so he becomes a senator because the previous scandal-plagued senator from California is dead. So the governor appoints him because, oh, he's the son of a former governor of California, okay. Yeah, this is going to be, like, no problem. Even though he has, like, no political experience because he's working as a teacher in a uh, prison school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he figures, okay, yeah, so surely he's got to be, yeah, because we find out in the pilot that, yeah, he was involved, like, as a supporter of the Dukakis campaign in 88. But, okay, here's the twist, guys. They find out... What? He's not a Democrat? What? He's an independent? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Whoops. You had one job, Governor. One job. How does that happen? Oh, God. Politics does indeed make for strange bedfellows, I guess. So, Mr. Sterling is in Washington, hopefully to clean up the mess that Washington just made, because again, this is Washington in the early 2000s. Oh yeah, we didn't know how bad it was going to get in 20 years. Yeah, politics was bad even then. If you can believe it, folks. I know some of you started following politics like in 2015, 2016, but trust us, it was terrible even back then. Yep. Mike agrees. He's not wrong. I'm being silent on the matter, but he's not wrong. Anybody who lived through the George W. Bush years can tell you that. Oh, but yes, but that isn't this podcast. This is simply, we're just going to go over the uh, players, the episodes, and where the show went wrong. Because this was airing, if I'm not mistaken, on the tail end of the West Wing, just wrapping up. Well, no, West Wing would have gone on until, like, 06. So this is, like, middle of West Wing's run? Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, on what day did this air? January 10th was a Friday night. Oh, say no more. Yeah, and it also uh, ended on Friday night. That March 14th date is a Friday. Okay, so we'll look at uh, what aired opposite later, because now we know it's Friday night. Okay. But let's talk about who was in this cast. Play the role of Bill Sterling, independent California. It's Josh Brolin, who nowadays is busy less being James Brolin's son and more being the maniacal, megalomaniacal Thanos, who uses the power of the Infinity Gauntlet to erase half of all life in the universe. Or Nathan Summers. 
or Nathan Summers? Yeah, Cable. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. He's also Cable in the Deadpool franchise, which we've still yet to see. Dead- they are making Deadpool 3. It is in pre-production right now. So I'm very... I've said this to you countless times, Chico. I'm very curious as to how they're going to make a joke about Josh Brolin being two characters and depending on how they're going to bring Deadpool into the MCU and how they're going to have it make sense. You know what? They made a joke about uh, Ryan Reynolds playing Green Lantern. In Deadpool 2, yeah. And they also made a joke about uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I think they can make a joke about this. I think it's going to happen. That was the best part in the end of Deadpool 2, when Deadpool shot the crappy Deadpool from Origins. <laughs> that was the... Everyone in the theater was 1-800-235-DEAD when he did that, because that version of Deadpool sucked. Oh, yeah. And rounding out the cast are members of his staff. Jackie Brock, played by the incomparable... Audra McDonald. Tommy Doyle, played by William Russ, who you remember as the dad on Boy Meets World. That's right, he was the dad on Boy Meets World, which you know that means, Mike. I figure you do a good takeout business. Good takeout business. Yeah, we do a good takeout business. Takeout business. (laughs) I still can't believe that that episode basically sets up Sean to be murdered. Notice I didn't say a single word there. No, you didn't. You knew it was coming. That's why I was shaking my head. <laughs> then you have Leon Montero, played by David Naranya, who nowadays can be found acting opposite John Krasinski on Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Yeah, John Krasinski as Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Yeah, John Krasinski, who may or may not be in a certain movie next month. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Who knows? Maybe he'll be playing someone fantastic if he's in the movie. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know if he's in the movie or not. We're just guessing. Yeah. We're not Secretary- saying anything. Yeah, we're not. Secretary Pat Conway, played by Dale Rowell want to see what she's been in she's actually been the mom in blast from the past hello oh blast from the past and played in 12 episodes from 2014 on under the dome and was in 25 episodes of true blood oh yeah true blood yep of anna paquin yeah yep and you know what that means That's eugenics. And then we have staffer Laura Chandler, played by Chandra West, who is famously remembered as being the murder victim on her first day of the job on the pilot episode of CSI. What? She was cast in the pilot of CSI to be killed. In the first episode of CSI, she was the first person killed on no, CSI. No, she was the second. No, she was the second person. The she first was person. Se- they were investigating the first person. It was her first day as a CSI, and she died. 
and she died. Oh, what a terrible because, for- because Warwick at that time had a bit of a gambling problem and had to place a bet. Oh, damn uh, you, Warwick. And by the way, uh, actress's name, uh, Chandra West. Uh, she's been in 13 episodes of NYPD Blue, seven episodes of John from Cincinnati. And nowadays, gosh, she is, uh, a, she what the last notable entry was on a 2017 episode of Chicago PD. Okay. But she did play Dr. Honey in I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one with Adam Sandler and Kevin James. Yeah. And rounding out the cast as retired Governor William Sterling, uh, Bill's father, is the late, great James Whitmore. And if you don't know who James Whitmore is... Yeah, just just don't. Don't even. Hey, one thing I found out about James Whitmore... Yeah. He was the second husband of Audra Lindley, Helen Roper. Oh! Yeah. I was today years old when I learned this. Well, as we all know, Helen Roper couldn't handle a dog. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. Now we talked we did talk about that previously, yes. Yes, we did. Go back mm-hmm. to episode I think was it 124 the Ropers. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. All right. So we talked about the uh, cast, but we didn't talk about the production side because this was actually a very interesting story production wise because the creator and producer of this show happens to have been an MSNBC staffer by this time, at least named Lawrence O'Donnell. Yes. If you don't know who Lawrence O'Donnell is, what what podcast are you even listening to? Yeah. But he did work in the United States Senate under uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan's staff. So, yeah, he does have a bit of knowledge in this subject. Just a bit. Just a bit, yeah. And he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was also working on the West Wing. Yes, he do not exist in the same universe. They do not exist in the same universe. However, we have actors playing uh, different characters in both shows. We have Stephen Culp, who played Senator Ron Garland on Mr. Sterling, and House Speaker Jeff Hathley on The West Wing. And in the Mr. Sterling, Democrats had the majority in the Senate, while in The West Wing, both houses were under Republican control. So yeah, separate universes. You missed an opportunity here. What can I say? Anyway, uh, and aside from Lawrence O'Donnell and Jeff Melvoin, he has written like dozens and produced hundreds of hour-long episodes over a dozen television series. We have among the producers Bernadette Joyce, Michael Ditter, who I remember from uh, episodes of The Wonder Years back in the day, and... Someone we talked about a couple of weeks ago. No, hold on, hold on. I just made a discovery here. Uh It is is not that guy. Oh, it's not that guy? It is not that guy. It's not? There are two different Sandy Franks? Yes, there are two different Sandy Franks. 
What universe are we living with? Two different Sandy Franks. Two universes, two different political shows, two different Sandy Franks. I'm, I am questioning the nature of my reality right now. You know, let's just play the... You want me to play the damn song? Play it anyway. Might play as it well. Anyway. We're here, sure. Come on, everybody. Right, let's do the Sandy Franks song. Sandy Frank. Sandy Frank. He's the source of all our pain. Sandy Frank. Sandy Frank. Get up at the house all day. <laughs> Sandy Frank. Sandy Frank. Thinks that people come from trees. <laughs> Sandy Frank. Sandy Frank gets hard when we sponge up Sandy Frank, Sandy Frank, Tim's already partly done. Sandy Frank, Sandy Frank, still we're going to return his call. So wait, this is now the third week in a row we've played that song. Will we get to four weeks next week? Stay tuned. Probably, probably not. I doubt it. No, this Andy Frank wrote for Late Night with David Letterman, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, In Living Color, The Jamie Foxx Show, and, oh dear God, he wrote, he was the head writer for 17 episodes of the Half Hour news hour do you remember the half hour news hour guys oh you might as well be the other city prank then yeah that was fox news's attempt to like capitalize on the daily show but it was yeah. really really horrible yeah uh, here's the thing they forgot that they were doing comedy chica's audio broke up a smidge i think y'all know he was trying to say comedy there yes this Sandy Frank is no longer with us. Died in 2014, so. Oh. Well. Now I just feel bad. But anyway, let's talk about this show. Not much is known about it. I had to get the episode guide off of Google. Thanks, Google. And again, like all good shows, it's all fleshed out in the pilots. A young and well A young and well-intentioned U.S. Senator brings a fresh perspective and his own agenda to Capitol Hill. On this episode, California's senior senator dies. Hence why Bill Sterling is elevated to the role. And, oh gosh, so many names in this episode, mostly in, uh, in montages, but we have oh, Here's somebody you might know, Mike. Playing himself. And this makes sense given who wrote it. And this makes sense given who wrote it. Chris Matthews. I thought after his little incident last year or two years ago, we weren't going to talk about him. Has that ban been lifted? I don't know, has it? Nobody cares anymore. Okay, unless your name's Elizabeth Warren, nobody cares. Well, yeah, that that was essentially my point. But uh, yeah, I I did have a a, an encounter with actually multiple encounters with him around this time in uh, October of two thousand two, and also in June of two thousand three. I was at a hardball. 
Yeah, that's right. You were a grad student on hardball. I was not a grad student. I was actually only a sophomore at the time. Yeah, he had only just started. Yeah, he only just started at Cleveland State. Yeah, that's why when I went back. Yeah, but I I was like a quasi freshman slash sophomore. So yeah, no, I didn't get my master's degree till a decade later. Okay. And uh, another name that appears in this is Tate Donovan, who you would know as. He, he, he was in Love Potion Number Nine with Sandy Bullock. Yep, he was Oversight or James MacGyver on the MacGyver reboot. So he was MacGyver's dad on the MacGyver reboot, mm-hmm. and George Dixon in The Man in the High Castle. Okay, he also played Mark Boudreaux on Twenty Four Live Another Day. That's right, the sequel um, series to. Um... 24 after 24 in the timeline with Kiefer Silverwind and Mary Lynn Rice Cup. Yeah. Not to and be confused also... with future entry 24 Legacy, which does not feature Kiefer Sutherland. Wait, wait, did this show also feature the guy that took out that guy's knees on few? Oh, oh, that guy. I don't think Gregory Itson was on 24 Live Another Day. Like, okay, I was just going to throw it out there because. In case you didn't see. Oh, hold on. Who's hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Let's play the CNN breaking news bumper. This is CNN breaking news. Well, Lawrence Donald is MSNBC, but hey, it's breaking news. So the guy who took out the knee of uh, that guy on Few. Yeah. I'm talking about Gregory Itzen. Okay. He wasn't on 24. The guy returned. And he was on few, and he made his triumphant return, and oh my gosh, was it amazing. Yeah, we talked about that sort of in episode 31 before we knew anything about his situation. It was just a legend we heard from, you heard from Randy back in the day. Well, from multiple sources, but it was essentially hearsay. We didn't have any sort of evidence, but now we do. Now we do. Oh, yeah. And we'll be revisiting few later this year so yep and you know what tate donovan's been very busy uh he was in hostages damages the oc trinity he played hercules 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 oh that's right in uh, in the animated movie hercules oh wait you know who else was in hercules mike no who Ongo Gablogian. <laughs> Derivative. And we also have uh, Gerald McCready in this episode. That's as right. Bert, yes. As yeah, Major Dad. M- Mr. Delta Burke. That's right. And from Simon and Simon. Can't forget about Simon and Simon. Never forget about Simon and Simon. No. And also we got another name on top of all this. I mean, we've already mentioned like three names. We got another name. Oh, playing yeah, playing California Governor Marino in this episode is Bob Gunton, and we've talked about him. He played Junction Jack on Craig the Bunny. Nice. <laughs> well, he he stupidly forgot to know what Mister Stelling's party affiliation was. He what? didn't realize he was an independent. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, Susan, I agree. Should have taken a proper vetting of Mr. Sterling, but oh well. Mm-hmm. 
By the way, uh, Joe McCready's character, Burt Gables, Senate Minority Leader from Louisiana. Okay. And, and the person who died was Albert Bailey, who died of a heart attack. Oh, isn't so, that always what happens? At least he didn't go out like Nelson Rockefeller did. Wink, wink. Sterling was appointed to his seat, and I'm wondering if he actually actually appeared in this episode. No, he did not appear in this oh, episode. Oh, no. So... Died off screen. Died off screen. Well, uh, who cares? All right. Next episode. Next question. Going against Jackie's advice, Senator Sterling responds to a dreaded drug question during his first press conference. The senator's dad, former California Governor Bill Sterling Sr., heads to Washington, D.C. to share his political wisdom. And in this episode, we have... Uh, Randy Oglesby as Senate Majority Leader. That's his character's name. Just Senate, Senate Majority, Majority Leader. Who leader. cares if he has a name? He's just Senate Majority he's a, Leader. He's a Democrat from New Mexico, and he's the Senate Majority Leader. Well, we'll just call him Nancy Pelosi. There, Democratic <laughs> No, Senate Chuck leader. Schumer Nancy... or Harry Reid. Chuck Schumer, whatever. Shut okay. up. Nancy anyway. Pelosi's in the house, silly. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, I, I knew and, that. And Senior Senator Jackson is played by Graham Green, by the way, Senior Senator Jackson. Hold on, time out. I forgot it's 2003. It would be Tom Daschle at this point. Tom not, Daschle, that's right. Not okay. Harry Reid. He wasn't the majority or minority leader yet. Okay, continue. Graham Green, also known for Green Mile, Wind River, and Dances with Wolves. Still busy to this day. He's actually going to be in an episode of the upcoming uh, television adaptation of The Last of Us. So I oh, can't wait for that. Oh, with Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that Pedro Pascal movie he's in with Nicolas Cage. That looks to be amazing. There's, uh, you know what? It, it, we're, we're basically all in on Pedro Pascal at this point. Oh, yes. Mandalorian season three coming later this year. The Last Let's of Us, the Nicolas Cage movie. I'm excited about that movie. It's going to be his year. 2022 is going to be Pedro Pascal's year. Write it down. Okay, and playing the role of Chuck Stanley is Eric Pierpoint, who would be known for uh, Alien Nation and Future Entry Hot Pursuit, and playing herself, Jenna Jameson. Wait, hold on, Chico. You're talking about the Gemma Jameson that was in such movies as Buttman at Nudes of Poppins 7, I Love Lesbians 10, and Zombie Strippers? Wait, I Love Lesbians 10? I never saw 1 through 9. <laughs> I hope I'm not lost in the plot information by watching I Love Lesbians 10. It's just like Fast and the Furious. They're all the freaking same movie. <laughs> Woo! That's eugenics. What the hell was that? That's eugenics. It's me choking on my dinner. Oh my <laughs> uh, yeah. Make sure you make sure you finish that sentence properly. <laughs> Episode <laughs> Episode three. Game time. Jackie pushes Senator Sterling to begin his campaign for re-election. The former chief of staff shops for a Democratic candidate. 
while the Republicans annoyed a wealthy businessman to run in California. Leon struggles with his relationship with roommate Laura Chandler. Because none of this could ever happen in real life, am I right? Yep. I'm still recovering from Jenna Jameson. Don't mind me. And uh, Gerald McCraney and Chris Matthews both returned in this episode. But aside from that... Well, actually... Well, it was, it was Stanley Cable in anything... In, oh, wait a minute. Stanley Camel. Wasn't he in... Yeah! He was Dr. Kroger on Monk. He re- he's a recurring character on this show. Oh, wait. I this. Oh, wait. He was on Monk? Daily Camel. He was How on Monk. You, you, Chico, you know where he's going with this. Well, yeah, Monk starred <laughs> Tony Shalhoub. And do you know what made his career, guys? Wings made Tony Shalhoub's career. How'd you know? How'd you know Wings made Tony Schwoop's career? Because Lucky as you guess. all know, as you all know, I don't think in the 260 episodes prior to this, I've ever talked about Wings, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret, guys. I love Wings. <laughs> no sh- I am <laughs> shocked. This is my shock face. Oh, shock face. Boy, all the talk about Jenna Jameson seems really good right now, doesn't it? <laughs> Episode four, technical corrections. Jackie discovers the senator is unknowingly footing the bill for a luxury hotel suite. Sterling opposes the missile defense shield, even though it would result in thousands of jobs for his constituents. Oh boy, he's learning the game as he goes, apparently. Uh, Harris Eulin is a recurring player. I'm wondering if he was in anything incredible or anything. Oh, wait a minute. He played Orson Snyder on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Greg. That's right. He was on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And he played as nine episodes as Roger Stanton on 24. Yeah, he was in 24 too, yeah. And he was in all 18 episodes of Future Entry WIOU, so... Wait, what the hell is WIOU? Basically, uh, either a, a TV station run on the cheap. Okay, I gotta see if this is on the list. Just give me one second. Okay. John Shea was in it. Oh, yes, John Shea from Lois and Clark. It is not on the list, so let me... Next episode, Human Error. Sterling battles the Immigration and Naturalization Service to help a member of the janitorial staff re-enter the country. This person clearly didn't work on Mr. Black's staff. Yeah, I believe that person is actually uh, played by uh, a known entity, Diana Maria Riva. Right now, she's filming 10 episodes of the Gordita Chronicles, but she was in Dead to Me, Sunnyside, Man with a Plan, Telenovela, The Bridge, Rob, The Good Guys, Side Order of Life, another brilliant but canceled future entry, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Oh, that was good. Two straight episodes with a Matthew Perry show. I wonder if, what's next? We're going to reference the 2011 Mr. Sunshine? We might. Hey, Greg, you want to do a reference to Second Chance slash Boys Will Be Boys? Yeah. 
I was waiting for you to do that. Just remember, guys, in the future, according to this timeline, a second chance, 1987, John Travolta is going to be on currency. Which means, I guess, the world is going to be taken over by Xenu at some point. I don't know. I don't know. Episode 6. Nothing personal. Sterling agrees to help a college friend win an appointment, but the appointment runs into trouble, and a billionaire enters the race for Sterling's seat. Because, of course, they do. Well, but there's Jenna Jameson. And... Oh, she's back in this episode? She's back in this episode. Oh, wow. Wait, do you mean the same Jenna and... Jameson that was in I Love Lesbians 10? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm sorry. And, and also, I love and, that there's a photo called I Love Lesbians 10, and that there were nine other things <laughs> preceding it. At least nine other ones. There are nine before it. There might be more after that we don't know about <laughs> and shouldn't know about unless we want to really do like no, a, we don't want to. This Jack, Jack, do you want to comment? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Okay, uh, Joe McCrady and Eric Pierpoint back on this episode. Episode 7, The Statewide Swing. Woo-woo! Not that kind of swing, Greg. Oh. Or maybe it is. Sterling decides to throw a campaign fundraiser at his father's house. And a reporter asks the senator for his opinion on the death penalty. Yeah. By the way, uh, we have uh, no names on this episode. Playing the role of Tori Wheeler, who looks like she may very well have been that reporter. Elaine Hendricks from Future Entry Get Smart. The um the one with um the Nick- 95 one with Andy Dick. Yeah, she oh, was. God, yes, I know who you're talking about. Oh mm-hmm. God. And also from uh hold on. I, this shows how much CW I've been watching, which is exactly uh, three shows. Whose Line Is It Anyway? Would I Lie to You? And Legends of the Hidden Temple. Because remember, Supergirl ended last year. That's right, it did. She plays Alexis Carrington in the Dynasty reboot. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, that's great. Well... That's another reason to watch, aside from Liz Gillies in the Dynasty reboot, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, guys, do you want a little bit of closure on the I Love Lesbians thing? No, 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 no. Oh, yes! What, what? Yeah, for, for Greg, I'm going to do it. They did up to I Love Lesbians 14. Yes, also, I did research this on IMDb. Also, they did four sequels after. And, and, wait, you, you haven't heard the best part. Well, maybe, but the person who directed the I Love Lesbians movies. Can you believe this, guys? <laughs> what is it? Randy West. Not that Randy West. Another Randy the, West. The, the other Randy West. The other two, one. Not, no, not, not, two, not good not friend Randy, Randy West. West. No. Okay. Not... We have two of everything, apparently. <laughs> this is the dirty Randy West. Not the, dirty... the, the good, wholesome Randy West. Okay, also in this episode is Meredith Monroe, who plays the role of Olivia Haynes in this episode. Uh, She also looks like she could be a reporter. Uh, She was actually in episodes of 13 Reasons Why, Heart of Dixie, 
and as a recurring role as Haley Hotchner, Hotch's wife on Criminal Minds. But we don't talk about Thomas Gibson. No, no, no. We don't talk about Thomas Gibson. Episode 8, Wishlist. Sterling causes a stir when he announces that an actress would like to testify before the Committee on Appropriations. Playing said actress, Portia de Rossi. Oh, yeah, that... Would this be during Arrested Development? Um, no, I think this is right before. Didn't Arrested right before, Development actually, start in yeah, Oh, yeah, Arrested, yeah, you're right. Arrested so Development was, was Fall of O3. Yeah. yeah, this would be her last role before Arrested Development. Yeah, wow. this would have been just after Allie McBeal. So something to look forward to. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was on Allie McBeal. Yeah, two straight weeks with an Allie McBeal reference. Episode 9, the penultimate episode. Final Passage. This does not have a uh, synopsis. No. Okay, well. Is there anybody in this episode? No. Okay. No, more or less the, the same that we've seen. Okay, not, good. Not anybody that we haven't seen before. Since the episode is on YouTube, let me just say that this episode is about Mr. Sterling giving a filibuster because this was the year 2003 and nobody back then knew what the hell it was. Oh yeah, and this episode was directed by Paul Michael Glazer. Yup, that Paul Michael Glazer from Starsky and Hutch. Hey, did you know he directed The Running Man with Arnold? Pretty crazy. Wait, hold up, Paul Haggis co-wrote this episode with Lawrence O'Donnell along with the final episode. He wrote three episodes of this show along with co-writing episode 5, Human Error with Sandy Frank number 2. Jeez guys, you're slacking here and if you are keeping score at home, this is the second time that Paul Haggis has been mentioned on this podcast because he was the writer of The Return of the Shaggy Dog. Please go back and listen to that episode because it was very underrated, especially the part where Gary Kroger was playing dog poker in the commercial. That was a hoot and a holler. Okay, then let's go to the final episode then. Final episode. Sins of the Father. A reporter from the New York Times reveals a history of bribe-taking by Senator Sterling Sr., leaving Jr. and his staff to deal with the repercussions. Uh-oh. 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 On all while Bill is celebrating his birthday, and the National Press Club is asking him to replace his guest speaker. Happy freaking birthday indeed. But unfortunately, we never do get any closure on that sort of thing, because after 10 episodes, Mr. Sterling was I need a politically appropriate uh, metaphor. Impeached? Voted out of office. Voted out of office. Okay, let's play our favorite game on this show. Look at the schedule. Look at the schedule. Alright, I got our friends at TV Tango on the case here. On January 10th, 2003, Mr. Sterling aired at 8 o'clock. It was up against America's Funniest Home Videos on ABC, 48 Hours, Fastlane on Fox, and What I Like About You and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. On the WB. Yes. So, by all accounts, it should have done well, and it actually did do well because it won its time slot. It beat out 48 Hours, which was in second place. America's Funniest Home Videos was in third, and Fastlane was in fourth. 
and what I like about you and Sabrina Teach, which was in fifth. So that showed a bit of promise. That showed a bit of promise. Well, one thing that I think went wrong here, how many dramas do you see like this at 8 p.m., let alone on a Friday night at 8 p.m., usually when you have more relaxed, toned-down family fare? I, I can't Not many. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there because I, I, when you said it's on 8 p.m., it's like, no, this is something that probably should have aired at 9 or 10 because usually that 8 p.m. hour, especially on Fridays, is more aimed towards families. Yeah. Generally. Well, 48 hours isn't aimed at families per se, but generally looking at ABC, you know, you, you've talked about uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, and we know TGIF has been there for decades. It just it seems sort of weird to put a, a drama there. Yeah. And ratings didn't go down terribly. If anything, they went up. But then again, America's Funniest Home Videos played catch-up in the ensuing weeks. I'm looking at TV Tango as we're doing this. And actually, on January 31st, America's Funniest Home Videos overtook Mr. Sterling. They had a 7.7 rating and a 13 share, while Mr. Sterling had a 6.8 rating and a 12 share. And it just seems that they were just leveled off you know they started out high and they didn't get any higher but then comes february 7th mr sterling was overtaken not by america's funniest home videos but by the price is right million dollar spectacular oh that's right now wait a second i'm making this go full circle I apologize. The million dollar uh, prices right spectacular. Uh-huh. In 2003. Mm-hmm. C- could have been announced by Randy West. Just saying, throwing that out there. Now we're going full circle with the whole Randy West and I love lesbians thing. Oh god. And then they preempted it for a special that following week and then on February 21st Mr. Sterling lost to both America's Funniest Home Videos and Star Search. That's Ooh. right, because they would have revived it before Cineo. Yeah, that was Arsenio yeah Vol- because so, American yeah. Idol. Because American Idol. That didn't last long. The Star Search reboot before Cineo. It lasted three good seasons. Actually, it lasted two good seasons and one horrible season. I didn't realize that was three seasons. I thought it was just one and done. Okay. I thought the same. I thought it was one and done, but I trust Chico when it comes to these matters. But yeah, it got to a point where ratings just didn't go anywhere. In fact, I think episode 10 went unaired. Yeah, yeah that's what sense. Wikipedia says. Okay. Yeah. So it just languished on Fridays for nine episodes, and then that was it. There was nothing real memorable about the show. There was nothing really... It didn't stand out in political drama. It was just there. I got a review here. It's from Variety.com. 
Mr. Sterling reinforces political notions established by the fictional likes of the West Wing and the non-fictional keep-the-cameras-rolling attitude of so many recent politicals. But it suggests that this one particular maverick, a former governor's son played with cloying self-confidence by Josh Brolin, could skyrocket to power after his appointment to fill the seat of a apparently corrupt senator. Mr. Sterling shoots into the red at times on the implausibility meter, but there's a sturdy foundation underneath this mid-seasoner that could lure the West Wing fans intrigued more by the story than its cinematic appeal. Translation, it was incredibly hard to take seriously. I mean, it was serious, but it just wasn't taken seriously. That makes sense, right? Yes. At the end of the day, I think that's what its big problem was because it had a whole lot of talent in front of and behind the cameras. But in a time of increasing cynicism toward American government, it was just way too idealistic. Given another 12 years, politics will be a total storm by then. Yeah. But ultimately, it got the numbers. I just don't know if it was the numbers NBC was looking for, especially opposite Star Search, The Price is Right, and America's Funniest Home Videos. Maybe if it were on the USA, it probably would have had a chance, but not on Fridays on NBC, no. Well, also, like I said, 8 p.m., that's not good. I think it's bad scheduling, and it looks like they were just trying to get a similar show to West Wing with similar West Wing type of ratings. Yeah, because it re- happened at eight o'clock on a Friday. Sorry. Yeah. Remember when they did that show with Rob Lowe after he left the West Wing? What the hell was the Lion? I think it was the Lions. The Day. Lions? Yeah. Remember that? I do remember that. But it wasn't like a wasn't he like a lawyer or something, Rob Lowe, on that show? Something like that. It's like, oh, is there any show where Rob Lowe does not play a lawyer? And by the way, Mental Samurai does not count. No. Oh, by the way, you're not seeing this on my Zoom background, but Rob Lowe is in the background of my Zoom background because it's the TNT inside the NBA gone fishing for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And in the background, you can see Kareem like kicking LeBron's hand and he's just screaming, ah! While Jeannie Buss is burying Russell Westbrook's head in the sand. By the way, 2021-22, Shaq's on a full champion, Russell Westbrook. He certainly deserved that title. Yeah. Mike, you agree, right? He deserved to be the Shaq and a full champ. You know, I really didn't want to talk about that because I just saw the Cavs lost to the Hawks. Oh, well. So their season's over. Well, don't uh, worry. We'll... If it'll make you feel better, Trey Young will be done in five games. So That's fine. That, they're Miami's problem now. But, uh, but also, next year we're going to be really, really good at once oh, yeah. we get everybody healthy. But going back to what you said, Russell Westbrook is the GOAT among Shaq and the Fool. Why would no, anyone seriously. compete on Shaq and a Fool? But wait, wasn't he the champ last year, too? He was the champ last year, yes. So he's two years running. Absolutely. He is the, the reigning, defending I, champion. Wait, I've said this, and this is absolutely true. He may be a Hall of Famer one day. He should be on the Hall of Fame. I mean, he did triple doubles 
uh, average triple doubles for two straight years. He has the most triple he, doubles in NBA history. He'll be in the Hall of Fame, but really he may be one of the, like the most lackadaisical Hall of Famers ever. Oh, Just yes. constantly doing stupid stuff, especially the last two years. Well, he walked while traveling with a ball in his hand, pointing to the sky. What he was. No, I I know I know that. But still, I mean, if you look at like Hall of Fame players, I I don't can't think of another Hall of Fame player that's done as many stupid things that he's done. Yeah. But okay, we've talked enough about Russell Westbrook. Yeah, NBC they wanted to get their political dramas in, and uh. Yeah, they tried to make this a success like the West Wing, and it didn't work. No, it didn't. And you can't find it anywhere. Home video hasn't been released. It's not available for streaming. But you can find episodes of varying quality and or legality here on YouTube. But hey, don't worry about Josh Brolin. He did fine. He's, he, he's doing okay. He's in a new show on Amazon Prime right now that actually just premiered today as we're recording this. Uh, Outer Range is the name of the show. Yep, I've seen the first episode. It looks promising. Okay. And he was recently on Hot Ones. With Sean Evans, yeah. Yes. Look it up. He's on Hot Ones. By the way, Hot Ones the Game Show, future entry. Oh yeah, Hot Ones the Game. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't work. They try. Doesn't work. Yeah. But, but, yeah, but hey, to oh, tie yeah. it back into to Shaq, the Shaq episode of Hot Ones is great. <laughs> you know what? Is there ever a bad episode of Hot Ones? No, I don't think there is a bad episode of Hot Ones. There might be one or two, but no, most of them are good. Yep. But yeah, Josh Brolin doing fine. He is in uh, half of the Infinity Saga of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was on an episode of What If. He's doing okay. Audrey McDonald, she's doing fine too. She's doing fine. Gerald McRaney, he did House of Cards. He did fine. David Narodia, doing Jack Ryan. He's okay, too. So, yeah, it seems like nobody's career was made or broken by this show. It was, in every sense of the phrase, just a thing on TV. Yeah. Cyber you know, Naughty May Price is right! Oh, God. Chico, let me say this. Uh-huh. If it's the DVD for I Love Lesbians 10... It is not. I will, I will no, personally... No, no. Get my car, I will drive all the way to North Carolina, and I will slap you like Will Smith did to Chris Rock. First of all, it's not Mike who's calling this, it's me. So Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, don't oh, drag me into this. Uh, fight your own fight. One? Yeah, who was the one who brought up I Love Lesbians 10? And I have no regrets over it. Don't drag <laughs> me into this. Okay, 
Okay. Um, all right. So you guys are bidding on from qualitycomics.com. Invincible Iron Man number 55, published February 1973, the premiere of Thanos. Okay. All right. Now, I will tell you right now, in good condition, it is worth $225. In very good condition, it's worth $400. In near mint, it's worth $2,025. Your job is to bid on what it is offered at a record sale. So it's over $2,025? Over $2,025. Okay, who's bidding first? Greg, you bid first. $4,050, double it. Uh, Mike? Is this for sale or has it sold? This is the record for this title. So it has already been sold. Okay. So it has to be in like immaculate condition. Yes. Okay. And Greg said four thousand fifty. I'll go four thousand seventy-five. I'll give him a twenty-five dollar window because I'm that type of. Okay. I should let you know in 2019 this was sold at a near mint mint rating of nine point eight. It sold for. $7,248. We didn't know that Thanos was going to be that big of a deal in 2019. He was what, did... he was in Infinity War the previous year. He was a big deal, though. Okay. All right. So, Do you not remember the timeline of when these movies came out? I had a whole pandemic behind me. I can't remember all of this. Do, do, do you not remember the speculation about the ending with Ant-Man? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, I remember that now. You oh, forgot. you remember that remember part, that but now. okay. You forgot. Oh, now that. you're interested. Okay. Oh, now you're interested. <laughs> oh, now he's interested. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> That is a real video. Ant-Man defeats Thanos in VR. Oh my god. And that's all. You know what? Google the video. And while you're on YouTube, you can look up It Was a Thing on TV. Make sure you like our videos. As it helps against the algorithm. Subscribe to our feed. Hit that notification bell. To stay up to date on future topics. And also, don't forget to visit itwasathingontv.com where we have all of our episodes, all of our mini sodes, all of the links to our socials at It Was a Thing on TV, unless you're on Facebook because Eliza Dooley hates Mark Zuckerberg. There at It Was a Thing on TV podcast. And of course, we can't forget our friends at the Place to Be Nation. This week they have Opposite all- Sex, Tidy, and Don't Scare the Hair. Yep. And next week, oh, we're doing deep dives into the universe where we have an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in Portland, Oregon, and 
a Kree superhero raising dad? What? What? A Kree superhero raising dad. Okay. A Kree superhero raising dad along with uh, Darcy from Thor. Along with Darcy from Thor. This will all make sense next week. Right oh, here. hold on, uh, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, we do have a special mini-sode uh, that week. Oh, that's right, that's right, my mistake. Because are, it is Mr. Fuji's birthday. That's right. And he's a legend around these parts, so we figured we're going to honor Mr. Fuji, give him his due on this podcast, by talking about the greatest thing he was ever involved in. And I've been hyping this up for a long time now. I bet you were, baby. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that and that's all coming up right here next week on It Was a Thing on TV for Greg, for Mike, I'm Chico. Thanks for listening. Please be kind to each other and we will see you for the next one. Row! <laughs> Dumpsteps are pussies. You're so dark. Do you sure you're not from the DC universe? I love dumpsteps.